Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Hello there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with you every Friday morning with your favourite podcasting app or of course Friday evenings on RTE Radio. My name is Dusty Rhodes, you're welcome to show number 945. Joining me as always is our Editor-in-Chief Niall Kitson uh, with good news and bad news with Mr Musk and Twitter. Oh my goodness, that's this. That's very much a matter of perspective. But uh, seeing as I wasn't here last week, let's let's catch up on on current events. So Elon Musk did indeed uh, close his purchase of uh, of Twitter, opting to spend forty four billion of other people's money as opposed to uh, just spending one billion to walk away from the deal in the first place. Um, proceeded to let go half the staff on site, and then I think a further four thousand contractors. Um, in fairness, the contractors thing sounds like a little bit of bloat unless they had outsourced an entire function like content moderation or something like that uh, in which case it actually would have been quite quite essential so uh, what we have since gotten is uh, that for anyone left anyone in inverted commas because we know half the staff are left assuming you haven't gotten into a twitter spat with uh, with uh, musk because uh, he has taken to firing people over Twitter now as well. Um, everyone got an email saying, you need to go hardcore, hardcore, hardcore Twitter. Now, yeah. Now, can you imagine in your job, anybody and listening to the podcast, can you imagine in your job, your boss sending you an email going, sorry, mate, you're going to have to go hardcore. <laughs> Well, that's it. Yeah, it's like you've, it's not going to go down well. You've got to go hardcore. You've got to work harder than you've ever worked before. If you don't click this link, I'm assuming you're leaving. I mean, come he on! He didn't actually do that, did he? He did. No. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Click, the, click this link in the email if you yeah. want to stick around. Do you know why he did that? And this is an old rock and roll story, which I'll share with you very quickly. That's to okay. see if people are paying attention and actually reading it. That's the reason for it, okay? Is that the equivalent of like the blue M&M or something? That's the blue M&Ms, which I think it was Van Halen, always asked for backstage as part of their contracts that backstage you want a bowl of M&Ms with no blue M&Ms. Now, they had nothing against blue M&Ms. All they would do is they would go to the gig and they would check the M&Ms and if there were no blue in there, they'd go, grand, everything else is fine. Yeah. Because yeah. the person was paying attention. So maybe that's what that link is. Oh my God. Oh, what a complete. Okay. Uh, there's no need for bleep there. Um, but I mean, to be get an email and to be told hardcore. And if you don't click this link, I'm assuming that you're going to leave. Ah, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy doesn't seem to have any concept of what work-life balance is. No. You know, uh, just because your lifestyle is a certain way doesn't mean you get to inflict it on other people. Mm. Uh, which is a big problem. So similarly, uh, if you happen to be an investor in SpaceX or Tesla, um, Musk's companies that actually make and sell things, um, he was brought uh, in front of, I think, certainly Congress in, in the States anyway, he, uh, or was it in Delaware? He had to go in front of a committee and justify his remuneration package, uh, package from Tesla, where mm. from which pays him $56 billion a year, I think, or something like that. And uh, they, it was basically like, your targets are actually very low for the amount of money you're actually being paid. 
what's what's up with that you know and and should you not be doing more for the amount of money you're being paid to which he said oh yeah don't don't worry i'm paraphrasing don't worry about this whole Twitter thing. I'm just around until the reorganization is finished. Probably be a couple of weeks. And uh, do you know what? I'll be back in on, on Tesla. I'll have somebody else to be CEO on Twitter and that'll look after itself. And then I'm all in on Tesla. You know, hardcore, some might say. I was about to say there's two bits of good news. Yes, absolutely. Somebody else is telling Elon Musk he needs to be hardcore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I was a Tesla shareholder, I would not be a happy person right yeah. now. And it's good news for people who work in Twitter that they will get, hopefully, a reasonable boss in time. But that, I thought you were going to say a real boss. No, a reasonable <laughs> boss. But I mean, the whole thing then it also comes down to will Twitter be there in a few weeks' time? Because all well, I see left, right and centre is it's the demise. Twitter is dying, da, 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 which I don't believe actually for a second. Now. Well, I came up with a, a came up with I came across a wonderful uh, phrase during the US midterm elections, which side note, uh, side note to the side note, um, we have not heard anything about misinformation or trolling from other countries about Oh, not, not, not from other countries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but there has been, you know, some campaigns with uh, various candidates going, well, I don't know why we're bothering with an election anyway. It's all fixed. Do you know what? These, uh, these people, uh, you know, uh, the not, elections are wonderful doing, when they win exactly. and fixed when they they're don't. Not doing very well. Anyway, listen, so, that's all on the um, side. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, all on the side. So the actual side is term I came across, which pretty much sums up Twitter for me. Angertainment. Oh, Whoa. It's true, though. I think you could apply that to social media, left, right and centre. Let's move off so. uh, Twitter and get on to uh, the moon. Whoa. I saw I saw this story and I thought of you immediately because I could imagine you jumping off your sofa going, yes, we did it. We're going back. Well, we are in, going back. And this, this in is robot the, form. The, the, yes. But, um, oh, yeah, oh, OK. The, the, I don't know which story you're referring to this too, but let me go with Artemis first. OK. Yeah. Uh, because NASA finally they, they were meant to do it, I think, in August and then it was meant to go in September. It didn't happen. And now finally the rocket has taken off. There is a rocket as we speak on its way to the moon and the whole idea is is that uh, it's just all automated and they're just doing a flyby and a, a twirl around the moon and then they've got to come back just to make sure that everything still works as it were. The second mission, uh, Artemis will, um, uh, they're putting humans on it but they will also do a flyby and then the third mission is where they're going to stop off and have a burger on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, also important, uh, the handpicked crew for the 2025 mission, getting getting boots on the on the moon, uh, one of uh, whom is a woman and one of whom is a person of color. Yes. So it's it's great to see diversity trickling through to uh, to space missions. Yeah. It's great because yeah. we are all one people. It's great. I, I think the other story then to do with the moon this week then is probably the one you're referring to that I'd love. And that is that they are sending cube satellites now, to you, you've got to explain what a cube satellite is. It is exactly what it satellite. says. Ireland has made a cube satellite, all right? And it has gone up into space. And they are literally like, okay, maybe if I say a biscuit tin size, I'm being a little extreme, but you know exactly what I mean. Small suitcase, biscuit tin size, tiny little satellite, all right? And they have sent the first one out to the moon uh, and it's going to park itself and it's going to just orbit the moon for now and for all time. I think this is wow. 
Wow. So, so this is the capstone mission, is it? Yes. Okay, so uh, why exactly is it is it going up there? I mean, you're, you're not sending this thing up just to hang around. This is just a trial for now to see if it works. What their goals mm-hmm. are, I don't quite know because I was just too excited to find out that they were doing it. <laughs> In my head, what I'm thinking, I'm thinking two things, right? Firstly, is that you will probably need to establish some kind of a satellite network around the moon anyway for communication if yeah. people are going to live there long term. And then the other really interesting thing with the CubeSat, uh, and you could get into you know, bigger than CubeSat, but uh, just the fact that they would be able to deliver goods to the moon. Right. And right. use a CubeSat because if it's easy enough or cheap enough or small enough or whatever it happens to be, that's that that's that's what's in my head. Okay, because like there's there's a couple of there's a couple of things that this uh, little satellite could be used for, which mm. uh, has to be said, it, it didn't have that you know thirty story massive rocket behind it. I mean, this thing was flying since what May to get to the moon. I mean, this was a long journey. Um, so one of the things that apparently it could be used for is sorting out what an orbit for a space station might look like. There you go. Mm. Yeah, That's, because there's the the gateway station, uh, the gateway project actually, is, is happening is at the thing. moment. And again, uh, yeah, you're bringing it all back to me now. Um, the other thing is with fuel. Because one of the reasons why this CubeSat didn't just go to the moon and then just, hey, we're at the moon, it kind of went way past the moon and then Mm. it's kind of coming back again and it's doing that thing. But the reason it's doing that is because it's actually better on fuel. I know it sounds ridiculous that they're going further, um, but it's better on fuel. But they're using more of the gravity of Earth and the gravity of the Mm. moon and the way things move around so that they're not burning as much fuel. And then the burn, uh, in order to slow it down and to get into Earth orbit... Um, I don't know what kind of fuel they're using, but they said it was a 16-minute burn, all right? Yeah. And the weight of the fuel was the equivalent of nine sheets of paper. Well, there you go. Like, if you're putting up a space station, you're going to be wanting something that burns as little fuel as possible to stay in the same place. Exactly. So that's another part of the uh, experimentation that they're going on about uh, at, at the moment. So that's just, yes, it's all it's all kind of exciting. And there was, um, uh, yeah, we were talking about Christmas, and somebody yeah. was saying you should get a, a telescope. What a present! Because it's all hotting up again, isn't it? <laughs> well, do you know, actually, there's usually some sort of jingoistic quote yeah. that happens when there's a, a a rocket launch. You know, so did you happen to come across the one for the Artemis flight? No. Okay, let me see if uh, let me see if I can find it because it, it was something sort of you know to infinity and beyond kind of thing. Here we go. Lift off of Artemis One. We rise together <gasps> back to the moon and beyond. <gasps> Yay! Go, Buzz Lightyear. Somebody, somebody sat down and was like all weekend writing that. Just going, do you know what who, do we say? Who, yeah, who's the, who's the guy who writes the lines for every time a NASA spaceship takes off and lift off of Apollo Eleven, America's first exploration into the moon, but a man's foot on the. <laughs> and do you know what? That guy has a supervisor 
who's listening to that, <laughs> who has a script, <laughs> who taps him on the shoulder, yeah, going, yeah, "I'm sure he does." That was not approved. That was that was not approved. <laughs> Crazy carry on, uh, Grant. Uh, listen, what is our last story then? Um, oh, just a quickie. Just the, the, very quickly, and then we go into our last story of the, uh, the week, which is all about meh, money. Um, Evernote. Do you remember Evernote? I remember Evernote well. Everybody used to use Evernote at one point. Nobody does anymore. It's just been bought. No. It used to be valued at a billion. Uh, and yeah. somebody, a company, an Italian company, actually uh, called Bending Spoons, great name for a company, uh, has mm-hmm. bought Evernote. What they're going to do with it, I don't know how much they paid for it. I don't know. Uh, Evernote is kind of like something It's like, oh, how 2015. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at everything Evernote does, mm. pretty much, you know, like Microsoft does that now on, on 365 with OneNote. Um, and if you've already got Office 365 uh, or Office in general, like what's the point in having, you know, another third party software provider? Exactly. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't do anything OneNote doesn't do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's what's the point, really? Uh, I, I, I get really frustrated having multiple apps that do different things because whenever you buy into a smaller app, a, th- a third party app or whatever, you're buying into the the hope and the assumption they're going to stick around. Yes. And then what happens is uh, there, there was an app, there was a to-do list app and I can't remember what it was called, but that's what it was. That's what it did. It was a shopping list, to-do list, whatever. And I used it and then it was bought by Microsoft and it really annoyed me because then it became the to-do list app that we know and maybe love today. Um, but I liked that the was, app. That uh, was Remember the Milk, wasn't it? I can't remember the, what the name of it uh. was. But uh, I liked that app. And, it was like, and then Microsoft, and then they're changing everything. And of course, me being a human being, I don't like change. Yeah. <laughs> I like things yep. the way they are. Anyway, last uh, last thing, because we're just out of time. Uh, Bitcoin. Don't buy it! <laughs> Well, I mean, we know that. We know that. But uh, we, we know who not to buy it from oh, well, because certainly. there's one less exchange in the world. Oh, wow. um, it's crazy. FTX, one of the, I guess, I don't want to say main, but a huge mm. Bitcoin exchange. Yeah. Uh, basically, on uh, if you were to look at Binance on, on one level, which is Wild West, come be your, you know, your cryptocurrency exchange. Yeah. It's wonderful. On the other side, there was FTX going, you know what? We we want to play ball. We see regulation coming down the road. Let's do this right. Um, Chief executive of Sam Bankman-Fried is now on the run. He is somewhere in South America. <laughs> um, basically, there was a run on the bank and it was discovered that uh, actually there's no money. Yeah, uh, there, there there's no, no money. money. It was um, built on nothing. It was like a Ponzi yeah. scheme. It was just all on, on, on fresh air. But $27 billion gone. And of course, uh, the price of cryptocurrency, all cryptocurrency has uh, has fallen on that. But in the long term, it's probably a good thing because this will just encourage crypto exchanges to be more open about how they uh, uh, how it is that they operate. I mean, the whole idea of cryptocurrency is that it's all on the, on the blockchain and the blockchain is publicly viewable. So why not the exchanges as well? Anyway, we wait, we, we wait and see more about that. Listen, that is it for the uh, news this week. Niall, as always, thank you for keeping us up to date. Remember, if you'd like to keep yourself up to date with what's happening in tech around the world and here in Ireland, of course, as well. Uh, remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech around the country with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab from our website, techcentral.ie. <laughs> 
This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. The AI Awards are taking place next Wednesday, November 23rd at the Gibson Hotel in Dublin. Mark Kelly is founder of the non-profit organisation called AI Ireland. And he spoke with Niall Kitson about the local projects here, which are exciting him right now. Mark, for anyone that's not familiar with AI Ireland, tell us a little bit about the organisation and where you came from. Yeah, will do. Thanks, Noam. My name is Mark Kelly. I'm the founder of AI Ireland and the Artificial Intelligence Awards. So we're a not-for-profit that was set up over four and a half years ago. So what we try to do is showcase on the island of Ireland the applications of data science machine learning. And we do this through different types of events, uh, online and in-person blogs, webinars, or AI Ireland podcasts, where we've got 85 episodes of academia, academic and industry podcasts from Ireland to Ireland. And then we have the AI Awards that happened in November, which showcase what's happened in the world of artificial intelligence. So how it came about, I'm the chief customer officer of a company called uh, Aldous, Aldous' specialist data science and AI recruitment company that works in the US and Europe. And my day today was an executive search, meeting different people, working high-level searches, and it took me all around the world. I spent a good bit of time in places like Finland, uh, UK, America, and I got to see what some of the, these countries were doing in AI. And when I started to interview people back home, I started to see that there was a lot of silos, and I thought it was a fantastic opportunity just to bring different people together, get rid of the agenda by having it not-for-profit. And from that... We had fantastic sponsors like Microsoft who came aboard and started to sponsor the AI Awards for the last four years. And we've been able to showcase and, and highlight what's happening here. And on the back of that, the IDA have been able to position and help position Ireland as an AI hub. And we've been able to have companies set up here to invest in, in, in AI, which, which is really, really good uh, as well. And this year, on 23rd November, we have the AI Awards, which is going to showcase um, 48 finalists. And you get to see one minute case studies on all the finalists on the day. So if people want to see what type or not, they'll be able to see on the day real case studies in action. So solving problems. So uh, you've got a, a little bit more of a, a global perspective uh, through your own recruitment work and through sort of liaising with Enterprise Ireland, etc. So how does Ireland actually stack up when it comes to AI? So when you look at the countries that are leading the field and there's a government readiness index that's regularly updated, the countries that are leading the charge would be the USA, Singapore and the UK. What you see by these countries is they've invested significant amount of resources into the the country in terms of their research, in terms of companies coming here and putting case studies in action and making data available. When you look at East Asian countries in general, they would have within a, a quite enough within the top 20. But when you look like a country like Finland, very similar size to ourselves, they would be quite far ahead. And it's because they just took a, a real strategy on this to say this is very, very important and they got ahead of the game with us. You know, Ireland is is, is doing is doing better now. We've have recently had the um, AI ambassador, which is Patricia Scanlon, who has done incredible work with Soapbox Labs. And we've got now a digital strategy that's working towards that. And COVID has really fast-tracked this. So if there's any silver lining of COVID, it's meant that digitalization has to become 
first and foremost, what we need to try to do. And the government sees how this can play a very, very important part in trying to drive hubs around the country to allow people to work from home and bring in a different kind of regulation to do that. We've got fantastic research centers such as ADAPT, Inside, for example, and you know, some of the academic research that was coming out of ADAPT in, in particular has just been very, very high quality. And we've seen that in the applications that are for the AI awards, but also how they work well with industry has been particularly good. Ireland's very unique now because with the UK leaving Europe, we're the only native Irish speaker country in Europe. We've got fantastic access to talent and people like doing business here. So there's a real, real nice opportunity for companies to come over. What we can actually see from 2022 is that for AI deployment across financial services, right through to manufacturing, life sciences and beyond, we've seen successful scaling and productionization of AI and R&D prototypes. So what that basically means, now is we're seeing return on investments from this work that's being done. In the past, AI might have been trying to chase a problem, but now there's significant return on investment coming back from that. So you know, this could be done in different ways, either maybe to monetize data, develop new products and business models, or maybe enabling operational efficiencies. So for example, one of our... The, the categories this year we had was within uh, Janssen that we had AI person of the year for. And they, they could do amazing stuff where they're looking at the machinery that they have in play and how they're able to actually predict when the machinery needs to have maintenance. And what that allows is very, very little downtime. It actually saves a significant amount of money and it just means you're operational, which increases, increases profitability. One of my... Um, when we look at some of the applications this year, there's been a real nice blend of small startup companies and then large enterprises. And the small startup companies have been able to utilize AI as an enabler to add significant customer value, which allows them to compete with the big boys and save quite a bit of money. And you're going to start to hear more about how smaller companies now are utilizing the technology to add significant value. So to give you a bit of an idea about some of these, uh, KindSense is a leading provider of video, video analytics software and cloud-based digital evidence asset management solutions. So basically what they do is they help police find and share critical evidence hidden in thousands of hours of video. So if you can imagine this means some high profile cases in the UK recently, thousands upon thousands hours of footage has been done. They will be able to use that technology to reduce that down to 15 minutes. So that means that the man and woman power that would have been trawling through those videos can now be actually meeting people, knocking on doors and really actually adding significant value. Shopbox, AI-powered adaptive shopping experience platform. So it's transforming any generic online store into one that learns about each visitor. So that means you've got a very personal experience when you're shopping. Where if you, if the, maybe you're shopping for your kids, maybe you're shopping for a fa- for, for a loved one, they can actually have a high level of prediction about what type of purchase you want and actually make the shopping experience a lot better. A car robotics set up by Dr. Conor McGinn. We may know him from Stevie the Healthcare Robot, where they're on Time magazine. He developed Phylus. It's the first clinically grade fully autonomous UV disinfectant robot. So these robots are in the HSC 
and in um, NHS, where they'll go in, they'll clean down a room within a very, very short period of time, make it accessible for people to come in and use it within minutes versus 30 minutes to 45 minutes if a person had to go in to do that. Uh, the virtual record treasury of Ireland. So if, in a few years back, we had a very, very uh, bad fire that actually wiped out an awful lot of records that we had for the states. The virtual treasury of Ireland uh, records has been able to develop a suite of deep learning models capable of transcribing most handwritten historical texts. So there's text all around the world that we've been able to bring back automate what it's being written because some of these texts can be quite hard to read it can be very labor intensive to actually document that and we've been able to automate that and put it up onto the cloud and we've then been able to make these records available for people where we thought they were all gone in in the past another one ai primary a university college dublin built by combining ai with world-renowned clinical and scientific expertise so they got a variety of different stakeholders from the healthcare area and what they do is they augment frontline clinical decision making in real time so what this is enabling is more accurate diagnosis of preeclampsia and personalized treatment of expectant mothers and their babies that will save lives so there's from the 48 case studies this year we're seeing real return on investment and saving and the digitalization and cloud is now actually giving a better customer experience in a variety of different ways and it's a particularly exciting time sort of uh, you will we've been talking there about applications AI increasingly seems to be about conversations as well and not just you know we are developing these things but should we develop these things as well? So to what extent are things like ethics entering into the uh, conversation around AI and how it should be used? It's, you know, it's a really, really good point. You know, in 2022, there's been multiple breakthroughs that, have been, that we actually thought were years away. So the first has been in language processing, in natural language processing. So a lot of different applications to that. And the second is AI-based images. So this year, we actually added a category of, of ethics that we thought was very, very important. And when we look at this, several companies have been very purposeful about how they're actually driving this and the European Union has been pro very proactive about having privacy at the foundation about what they do and, and how they do it because they understand that if we trust this and we believe it's done in the right way and people's rights aren't infringed on then people feel an awful lot more comfortable utilizing it. But it's, it's, it's like some of these things can be done, but then the other question is, should they be done? And that's, that's always an open debate that people need to be asking the question. And, and luckily by living in Europe, we're very, very open to talking about and, and discussing that as well. And there will soon be information that will be made law that we'll all have to actually live and abide by. And that was actually for a category this year. We wanted to make sure that we highlighted that. So actually on the day, on the 23rd of November, uh, Patricia Scanlon, the AI ambassador, will be presenting the award for AI and ethics. And she'll be speaking a little bit about that and the importance of that. And that was Mark Kelly of AI Ireland and the AI Awards will be taking place on November 23rd at the Gibson Hotel in Dublin. For more on that and their own podcast, visit AIAwards.ie. 
That's it for our show for this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thanks as always for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.